the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD and certification, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and most importantly, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, bankruptcy law, because as I shared with you in the past, bankruptcy law intersects with just about every aspect of the law that you can even imagine because people are either trying to dig themselves out of a financial hole um, via the bankruptcy process Or if they're wise and lucky, they know about bankruptcy and they do what they need to do to stay out of it and be prepared to come into it by making sure they don't do anything that will cause them to be excluded from the process. So wise counsel and business people know about the bankruptcy law and the bankruptcy code. You know, I also practice some related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, the familial, and the community and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous people. And because I grew up as a military brat, and I got to tell you, I always will be one. And I helped create another one with my former spouse who was also in the military. As such, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system. This is especially the case after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military, 
because again, our country is unique. We have citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women and Marines, and they're not forced to be in the military. They want to serve. I was in high school when the draft went away. I've been out of high school for more than 40 years. Our military is the best on the planet. You know, I was raised by this country big time via his service in the military, who also informed me that I had a duty to give back to my community, our society as a whole, and even the universe that's gone over by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that was my due because of the great gifts that God gave to me. And on top of having a great father who was committed to steering me in the right direction as I prepared to leave his nest, I had the great fortune to both know and spend a great deal of time with and actually became best buds with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, who both survived the four great economic challenges of the 20th century, the last century, the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. And because these wonderful women helped raise me and always loved me and shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who raised and loved them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me in spirit, urging me on to do the right thing along with my dad, that when the situation is right, through my current chosen form of service, that is to say practicing and also speaking and writing about the law, I'm sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and women and the disabled who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of disabled adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our very greedy society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more probably than not these days, due to inflation, the lack thereof, or maybe not having quite a sufficient amount thereof, and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your family's or your small business's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. However, as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least a general outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help. I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets, but especially your debt. You know, today we're going to conclude our discussion on our 200 36-year-old United States Constitution by reviewing, uh, once again, Article 1, Section 9, which is entitled Powers Denied Congress. And I'm going to use this to take advantage of this teachable moment that 
we are all living through together as we watch the train wreck of the budget process Congress, our own Congress, has laid out before us. Again, I'm referring to the Appropriations Clause of our Constitution, which states no money on from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law and the regular statement and accounts of receipts, expenditures on public money shall be published from time to time. Again, this is an a duty that tells Congress and therefore the other branches of government that nobody can deal with our dollar bills unless it is done through the appropriation uh, process that must be public. I'm going to use as my source material today uh, about the government's fiscal appropriations process, information that I found on the Committee for a Responsible Budget website. That organization, again, the Committee for Responsible Federal Government, is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization committed to educating the public on issues with significant fiscal policy impacts, something that all of us as citizens need to know about and care about because it's our money. First, a, a brief bit about this organization's history. In 1980, Robert Guillemin, uh, and I'm sorry, you can't pronounce your name, it's G-I-A-I-M-O, G-I-A-I-M-O, who was a Democrat from Connecticut, and Henry Belmon, who was a Republican from Oklahoma, they both left Congress. Um, Mr. G. Amo had served in the House of Representatives for 20 years, including four of those years as chairman of the House Budget Committee. And Mr. Belmont had served 12 years as a senator and was the ranking Republican on the Senate Budget Committee from its inception in 1975. Now, these two fiscal policy leaders convened a group of other former budget committee chairpersons and former directors of the Office of Management and Budget, leading economists and business leaders. And the group concluded that the country needed an organization outside of government that was committed to sound budget policy and process. They formed the Committee for the Responsible Federal uh, Budget, and it was incorporated as a nonprofit way back on June 10th, 1981. Now, you can find out more about the committee, and they have some really great white papers and other educational tools, and you can go to their website located at CRFB, Committee uh, for Budget.org. Again, CRFB.org. So they have this call and answer um, set up on their website, and they ask the question, what role does the president play in the appropriations process? And they answer by saying, although the president has no power to set appropriation, again, that's a congressional power, Article One power, 
The president does influence both the size and the composition of appropriation by sending requests to Congress. Specifically, each year, the president's Office of Management and Budget, known as OMB, submits a detailed budget proposal to Congress based on the request from the subtending agencies in the executive branch. Department of Education, Department of Energy, Department of Justice, the uh, And the appendix to the president's budget submission contains much of the technical information and legislative language to be used by the Appropriations Committee. In addition, the president must sign or veto each of the 12 appropriations bills, giving him additional influence over what the specific bills look like. Now, what is the timeline for the appropriations process? Well, back in 1974, a bill, but the Budget Act calls for the president to submit his budget request by the first Monday in February and for Congress to agree to a concurrent budget resolution by April 15th. The House may begin consideration of the appropriations bill on May 15th, even if the budget resolution hasn't been adopted and is supposed to be completed uh, by June 30th. However, none of these deadlines are enforceable and they are regularly missed. The particular deadline for passing the appropriations is October 1st. That's the beginning of the next fiscal year. So we're right at the beginning of uh, 2024 fiscal year today. And why there was such a brouhaha back in Congress uh, over this past weekend is because it looked like we weren't going to have a budget and the government was going to shut down. So what happens if the appropriation bill is not passed by October 1st of the given year? If the appropriation bill is not enacted before the fiscal year begins on October 1st, federal funding will lapse, resulting in a governmental shutdown. To avoid a shutdown, Congress will often pass what are known as continuing resolutions, which allow for continued continued funding, including additional time for the completion for the appropriation process. If Congress has passed some, but not all of the mandatory 12 appropriations bills, a partial gut shutdown can occur. So uh, what is a continuing resolution? A continuing resolution referred to in as CR is a temporary bill that contains funding for all programs based on a fixed formula looking backwards as to what was got passed the previous year, usually uh, the prior year's funding. Congress can pass a CR for all or just some of the appropriations bills. CRs can increase or decrease the funding and can include anomalies which adjust spending in certain amounts to avoid technical or administrative problems caused by continuing funding at current levels or for other reasons. So what happens during a governmental shutdown? A shutdown represents a lapse in available funding, and during a shutdown, the government stops most non-essential activities related to the discretionary budget. So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the appropriations process, but first we'll take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. 
now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of today's topic and we'll conclude our discussion of our 236-year-old Constitution by reviewing Article 1, Section 9, entitled Powers Denied Congress to take advantage of this teachable moment we're all living through together as we watch the train wreck of the budget process Congress has laid out before us to all witness. Again, I'm referring to, I'm referring to the Appropriations Clause which states that no money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law, by Congress, uh, and a regular statement of account of receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time, meaning periodically Congress has to post a budget that we all can look at. Um, Here's where things stand as of today. The new fiscal year began on October 1st, and as such, Congress needed to have enacted a continuing resolution or a regular appropriations for fiscal year 2024 by 11.59 p.m. on September 30th, 2023, with enough time left over for the bill to be shipped over to the White House, where the White House could sign it, the president could sign it, before the stroke of midnight on um Uh, September 30th, to avoid a governmental shutdown. And that is almost exactly what happened. The Congress made it with, you know, an hour or two to spare, and it was enough time for the president to sign it to stop the shutdown. Now, just so you'll know, Senate leaders had released a continuing resolution earlier in the week on September 26th that extended funding and certain programs authorizations through November 17th. And on September 30th, Last Saturday, close late in the evening, (laughs) the House also passed a continuing resolution through November 17th, but it lacked the supplemental funding for Ukraine, and um, that was in the Senate version of the continuing resolution. As such, the Senate ended up clearing the White House passed version uh, of the CR the night of September 30th, as well, averting the government shutdown. Now, both chambers are expected to continue appropriations work uh, between now and 15th. The Senate has been trying to advance a three-bill minibus appropriation package, and the House is also continuing to debate a full-year appropriation bill. Previously, House leaders had introduced a one-month continuing resolution with border security provisions attached and later modified it with additional reductions to non-defense, non-veteran, non-homeland security spending, as well as provisions to create a fiscal commission Uh, But that CR failed on the floor. Now, with the enactment of the Fiscal Responsibility Act, the appropriation bills were marked up in the House and Senate uh, in June and July, and the Fiscal Responsibility Act capped the total of discretionary spending to $1.590 trillion with a T for fiscal year 2024, with uh, base spending or base defense spending capped at almost $1 trillion or $886 billion with a B, a 3% increase over last fiscal year. 
the base non-defense spending is capped at $740 billion with a B, that's up from 9% for last year. Now, I'm, I'm getting this information, as I shared with you before the break, from uh, a wonderful uh, nonprofit organization that I uh, sometimes go to to tr- educate myself about this process. And, you know, again, uh, it is, an, is the group um, re- responsible for trying to bring some, bring us all up educationally. And it's the Committee for Responsible Budget, and it's located at crfb.org. And I urge you to spend some time uh, checking out their educational uh, programs. But having said that, um, it, it, it's time once again to focus on Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7. And it, again, it contains two clauses, the Appropriations Clause and the Statement of Accounts Clause. The National Constitution Center's interactive constitution that I've shared with you many times on the past here on this show, they go through and identify the important clauses. It's not that it, that some of them aren't important, but sometimes the con, uh, the clause speaks for itself. But because people don't really understand the appropriations process, uh, this is one of the essays that there was unanimous consent from, and there was only one essay written, and it was written by. Uh, Yale Law School professor Kate Stiff, and she explains why the federal budget process is the job description, the primary jobs description for Congress. It is a legislative duty for the Congress to pass a budget issue year because I've explained to you what happens when they don't. The government shuts down. And how can the largest nation, the most successful nation, you know, on the planet, allow itself to be shut down such that our friends and foes alike think we've lost our minds. So in as much as we're heading for another governmental shutdown in 2017, again, it looks like Congress may uh, refuse to perform its mandated duties under the Constitution. We citizens, we the people, need to be calling our representatives, no matter if they're Republican or Democrat or Independent, and letting them know now, now, that they need to get on with this, lest we be put in harm's way and put millions of civil servants out of uh, on furlough and Stop paying contractors that provide vital services to our nation. And what I really care about is the military having to stand, watch, and wait and not have the ability to feed their families because they will not get their pay. So you and I have to take on the responsibility to reaching out to our representative to let them know once again that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our prosperity, do ordain and establish this constitution of the United States. I hope and pray the new leadership we that will be elected in the House will be more interested in fulfilling this responsibility. And just in case they're not, we the people need to let this new leadership know that we will not abide any more of their BS about our money, about our pocketbook. 
Anyway, that's where what I have to say. Uh, so I'm going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including having access and utilizing tools and letting our government know that we expect it to fulfill its duty, especially that first branch of government, Congress. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.